the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and uh, back with as my co-host this week is Doug Hauser. He, w- he was way too talkative last week <laughs> with Pastor Arthur Pulaski, actually. Between the pastor and myself, I think you got one co- one comment in in, uh, in, both halves of, in both halves of the show. So It was probably good for me to uh, have to keep a lid on it compared to my usual self. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Doug. Thank, thank you for stopping by and your, your, for your contribution this week. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, we're, we're pleased to have with us as, as our guest, Linda Payne. She's uh, we've had her on the show before. She is the founder of the uh, very racist organization called Election Integrity Project. And we all know that uh, anything that runs contrary to the interests of the Democrat Party is racist. <laughs> uh, and of course, that includes election integrity. And what kind of what prompted the invitation this week is one, it was a press release that is put out that California has, in a number of counties, including, of course, Los Angeles, 1.8 million more registered voters in those counties than there are eligible citizens in those counties. And uh, two pieces in the LA Times smearing the Election Integrity Project as, again, you guessed it, racist. So welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you. It's, uh, it's very, been a very eventful week. Yep. Yeah, just as an aside, you told me that you, were, you, you had a little uh, vacation or trip away, and you got back, and you had 3,000 emails in, yeah, the, in we, three it days. Wasn't a, it wasn't a vacation trip uh, where I was out speaking and meeting with potential donors. Uh, um, uh, yep, we're, a lawsuit we filed is going to cost quite the pretty penny, but we are, in fact, suing the uh, – California governor, attorney general, secretary of state, and 13 registrars of voters that represent the 13 congressional candidate plaintiffs in our lawsuit. And we're going to be auditing those 13 counties, including L.A. County, uh, San Bernardino, and Riverside counties. We'll come, we'll, we'll, we'll come to your lawsuit in a little bit here, but <clears throat> let's start with these extra voters because under, the, under California's election laws, they're going to mail out for the coming recall election ballots to everybody on the registration rolls, including those 1.8 million people, whoever they may be, if they're even real people. Right. Well, they're going to send them to all of the active voters. So there's, if you can imagine two columns, there's, there's active voters and inactive voters. And this is where California continues to get it wrong. Federal law requires states and counties to uh, send a postcard to any person who's not voted in two general elections. And, uh, and, and if there's a problem and they don't respond, they have to move them to the inactive list while we continue researching. You don't want to you know, remove them if they're real. Maybe they didn't get around responding. But California did not move 458,000 uh, people on the voters to inactive in the 2020 election. And we saw what happened. 458,000 ballots were sent out, hither and yon, duplicates, and et cetera, et cetera. So coming up to the recall election, we are concerned about the huge number of uh, names on the active list that should be moved to the inactive while they uh, review them to determine if they're legitimate or not. Your report also states that uh, in the November 2020 election, there were 124,000 more votes counted than they recorded voters voting. Curious, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like New York. They just, you know, well, here's an extra 124,000 ballots. It sounds impossible. How could you have more votes than voters voting? I, I mean, is this, would you say this is due to the machines or are people just generating more ballots 
by themselves. Well, well there's what? so many ways that uh, an election can be manipulated. It's if you can vision a spider web. So, so you've got a spider web connected by multiple segments. And if you just kind of, uh, you know, take apart two of the connected parts, the spider comes back and rebuilds it. That's how elections are complex, complicated. So the machines, voting machines, whether it's Dominion or the other ones, that's one of the connections. Bloated voter rolls, that's another connection. The ability to manipulate ballots that are turned in in an envelope, such as vote by mail or provisional. Those are two more connections. Uh, The ability to uh, manipulate the processing of those ballots. I mean, it's just multifaceted. So when you're looking at that kind of a number, uh, one of our concerns is uh, just before the 2020 elections, Alex Padilla passed an emergency regulation uh, allowing ballots to be stuffed. And so so uh, someone could um, uh, write on a piece of paper or a card, here's who I want to vote for, and they could stuff it into someone else's vote by mail ballot. So, there, you know, we wonder, uh, is there some connection there? Is there a connection to the fact that VoteCal is unreliable? It's problematic. It's not functioning properly. And so our report we sent to the Secretary of State and said, you you need to look at this, and we want you to answer our questions. Why is this happening? What exactly is VoteCal for people who don't know what it is, like me? (laughs) It is the statewide uh, voter roll database. And uh, we have had problems with the statewide voter roll database since it was certified by Alex Padilla uh, back, I think it was 2016. Uh, We don't believe even at that time it was ready for prime time, but Alex Padilla certified it himself. And here we have uh, a mess, frankly. Um, I can speak from personal experience. I know a person who received a mail-in ballot for an individual who did not exist It was a combination of this person's uh, previous married name with someone else's name. It was a weird hodgepodge of a name. And this person happened to be somebody who was themselves running for office. So even a person who was on the ballot themselves received a ballot in the mail that was a nonsensical, non-existent person. This is crazy stuff. For a made-up person. Made-up person. So that, that would be considered voter, voter registration fraud. And, of course, we can't determine if it's fraud, but we would submit those names then to those who are in a position of authority to determine if there was, in fact, fraud. Uh, and the way that happens, and it's been happening, we've documented it happening, that uh, people's registrations can be uh, duplicated by those who have the authority to get a copy of the hard copy or to have access to the statewide database and simply fill out a new voter registration or do it online. And so we, we believe some of those numbers are those uh, names or duplicates of names that uh, should have been caught through the online registration system, but were not. Well, I know many people have found that when they go to, to vote, particularly in the primary where they're going to party registration can make a difference for pr- voting in the, for president, they suddenly find that their party registration has been changed. Right. We, uh, we've noted most of that comes from the DMV's uh, default. So when anyone goes to the Department of Motor Vehicles in their county to get a license, whether they're a citizen or not a citizen, uh, they're not allowed to ask citizenship status. But that person's information is automatically added to the voter rolls. Uh, now, if they, they can opt out, if they are told they can opt out, but if they're not told that they can opt out, then they don't because they don't know. But those names are added. But the default uh, of the DMP appears to be that they change party affiliation to uh, either Democrat or no party preference. How nice. How convenient. Well, of course, everyone <laughs> would want to be a Democrat, right? You, you would never want to be one of those Republicans, now would you? Yeah. Now, we have had some Democrats call us and be upset that their party affiliation was changed to no party preference. So it, it's so the, the again, the, the DMB has no business handling voter registration that that were challenged that in our lawsuit that should be overturned. Absolutely. Um, and this was predicted when when they did the motor voter law, uh, everyone on, quote unquote, on our side 
knew that this was just an outright invitation to fraud of all different kinds. Somehow the other side could not see that. No, the, no, 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 Doug. <laughs> the other side knew, saw it absolutely crystal clearly. Um, I would like to ask, do you know of any politicians in the state or <laughs> maybe, you know, I don't know, federally at the federal level, but from California, who are suggesting any way of actually fixing this, of of forcing the states to go in or forcing California to go in and purge the roles of people who are ineligible or doing away with motive? Is there anybody who is actually out front, any politicos actually out front saying this is necessary to be done? Well, we, we know that there are a lot of people who are out front saying that'll be done, but because we are a nonpartisan organization and rigidly so because of the work we do, we don't follow who they are. And so I, I would never connect the IPCA with a person. But I do believe there are people uh, uh, in the political world who realize this is a huge problem and need to take action. What what we do know is they don't really know what to do. In fact, uh, we have been told Election Integrity Project California has the best documentation in the country because we look at all the connections of the spider web and we've documented all of those connections. So uh, there's a lot of risk for a political person to say, we're going to sue to force you to clean up the voter rolls uh, because in reality, a lawsuit to a county, let you know, name, name your county in California if you if someone tried to sue the county to clean up their voter rolls, they would be suing the registrar to do something they can't do. And that's because a vocal is so uh, mismanaged and misbroken and broken. Um, we, we sent 12 letters in 2020 uh, to the secretary of state identifying problem after problem just before the primary, right after the primary, during the summer, just before the November election, right after and we cited problems in multiple counties where people had submitted more than one ballot and it, they, they could potentially vote more than once. When we alerted the counties, we weren't allowed to give them the names. And when we had one county compare their notes, they didn't match vocal. So when you when people want to sue the counties to force them to clean up, it's it's a, it can't happen without vocal. Uh, wow. being taken care of. It's a yeah. perfect catch-22. Yes, deliberate. it is. It is, it yeah. is deliberate. Uh, now, if you want to connect with Linda Payne and the Election Integrity Project, and they operate not only in California, but also now in Arizona, Nevada, and Arkansas, you can do so at their website, eip-ca.com. Get on their emailing list and uh, they during election time they deploy observers to as best you can try to keep an eye on what's going on and how much worse could it be if they knew no one was watching them. Yeah. So connect with I, her. I've been involved in that personally. My wife and I have been involved in that, and we documented. We were not supposed to take pictures in the voting places, but we did anyway um, because things were going on that were just outrageous. People sitting. We have still have a photograph of a bunch of people sitting at an open table, looking at each other's ballots, talking about how they were voting and voting right there. And there were empty voting booths available, so it wasn't like the place was so overcrowded that they you know, had to do that just to get the votes in. No. And when we spoke to the uh, uh, precinct captain or whatever his name was, the the leader, he said, what do you want me to do about it? We said, well, aren't you kind of in charge of making sure the rules are being followed? <laughs> and uh, he had no answer. We don't need no stinking uh, rules. Yeah. Well, see, the, the problem with this, that comes down to the county's policies and procedures. And that's why we're suing at the county level. In California, the secretary of state may be the main person in charge of elections, but not really. They have allocated the running of the elections to county by county, and they can kind of implement it how they see fit. So each county can implement policies and procedures, uh, such as uh, we're overwhelmed, we have too many people, so we're just going to let people go to tables. All right, we need to take a break here and hear from our sponsor, uh, Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with Linda Payne and the Election Integrity Project after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. 
By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are pleased to have with us uh, this week Linda Payne from the Election Integrity Project. And there's so much involved in this uh, issue of election integrity and, and vote fraud. You know, you, Linda, you, you guys must be doing really good work at Election Integrity Project because the LA Times was prompted to write two articles smearing your organization as, you guessed it, racist! <laughs> well, I, I, you know, that's what we thought as well. In, in fact, their editorial board then came out on uh, Monday and supported uh, their, their quote-unquote report. Um, but there was so much wrong uh, in that report, and we sent out a press release actually uh, setting the record straight. Uh, but the bottom line, uh, they accused us of um, of our research having uh, errors in it, and, and that has never happened. We've never been approached that um, any of our reports, such as the one we talked about in the first section, uh, that there's errors in our research. We are meticulous. Ellen Swenson, our chief analyst, is brilliant, and our standard is we do not submit a number unless it's 98% uh, accurate. The 100% accurate would come from the registrar or the Secretary of State saying, yeah, we agree with you, but it's 98% a, uh, a match. So uh, also uh, we, are, we are deploying uh, or training and deploying citizens to be able to observe our own election process. That has nothing to do with policing. Anyway, um, I think it's sour grapes. Uh, I think uh, they must be worried about the lawsuit or the upcoming election that citizens might want to oversee the election process, knowing that some of those laws are in court now as being challenged as unconstitutional. So, you know, my opinion is just it's sour grapes. Well, they want to they want to demean you. They want to don't don't listen to what you have to say. Don't listen to the merits of what you have to say. You guys are now you're wrong. But of course, you, you, you are you are racist. And I know in the articles, they never mentioned or addressed your report that there are one point eight million more. Register, register, voter registrations than there are eligible citizens across a uh, number of California counties. It, not even mention that one. Well, I think that's when, what worried him, which why they co-mingled us with a different organization and said, these organizations are, they have errors in the research. Uh, uh, so I think that's why they did that. They're worried about that report that just came out. But uh, I can assure you and our audience, we have never in 10 and a half years of running Election Integrity Project California, uh, have we ever received reports saying your report is in error? Now, we, well, well, we all know here in in, uh, in America that requiring a voter ID for, to uh, to vote an ID, photo ID to vote is, of course, racist. But you can get on a plane, run a hotel room, what have you. That's a, that's it's not racist to require a photo ID for all thing, things like that. Going to a Democrat meeting, you need an ID. Absolutely. <laughs> In Europe, 40 out of 47 countries, all but one require a photo ID to vote. And that country, Great Britain, has introduced a law to require photo <laughs> ID in, in their elections. 74% of European countries ban absentee voting for citizens who reside domestically. 6% limit it, another 6% limit it to hospitalized or those in the military. And they require third-party verification and a, photo, and a photo ID for those voters. And another 15% require photo ID for absentee valing. Because well, there may be socialist or socialist-inclined socialist countries over there, but unlike 
the Democrat Party here, I know you can't be partisan, Linda, uh, they th- understand the importance of having elections that are honest and that are perceived right. by the people. Yes. To be honest. Mm-hmm. So America, America is really is the, is the outlier in all of that. However, we got a, and you can comment on that if you want to, Linda, or uh, some good news we got from the U.S. Supreme Court this week on election integrity. Uh, right. The um, Arizona passed a uh, bill, I think 2016, um, prohibiting ballot harvesting. And it was immediately thrown into court and challenged as uh, making it harder to vote for minorities if they couldn't do ballot harvesting. Bottom line, fast forward to 2020, uh, that case was headed to the Supreme Court. So our uh, lawyer, Michael Neal, with Landmark Legal Foundation, whom we retained in 2017 and does an amazing job, uh, contacted us and asked if he could pro, uh, submit a friend of the court brief on behalf of VIPCA and our EIP Arizona team uh, with our evidence in California about harvesting actually being used to manipulate elections. We were thrilled to do that. And so he did. So out of 24 friend of the court briefs, approximately 24 is what he said, uh, ours was the only one that supported the Arizona loss, uh, law that says ballot harvesting is illegal. Uh, we were able to support that because we have uh, evidence. And in uh, the brief, it includes the evidence we have from California. So uh, this morning, the Supreme Court uh, put out its ruling that they upheld the Arizona law to prevent ballot harvesting. And they also upheld Arizona's law to say that uh, if people are going to vote in person, it has to be in their precinct. And why that's important is because uh, the laws that allow voting out of precinct mean that you have to vote with a provisional ballot. And again, voting uh, in a way in which you put your ballot in an envelope, whether it's vote by mail or provisional, means that many hands have to process it. And we have documented that in the processing of vote-by-mail ballots, there are ample opportunities to change the choices of the voter, to simply dismiss it out of hand because you can determine whether the signature matches or not. Or if you can see a zip code, you know that is to a particular zip code in which they might not vote the way the person processing wants them to vote. Lots of reasons you don't want to put your ballot in an envelope. So this is a huge ruling. Uh, What this means is every state in the country can now pass a law, both of those laws, no ballot harvesting. And if you're going to vote in person, it must be in precinct. For us, uh, we're challenging California's ballot harvesting law in our lawsuit as unconstitutional, along with 21, 22 other laws. But now without harvesting, we can say it is, in fact, uh, unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court has ruled it should be uh, anti-ballot harvesting should be upheld. Well, technically, the court didn't rule that ballot harvesting is unconstitutional, but rather held that a law prohibiting it right. is constitutional. Well, that's true. Thank you, Greg. Uh, we're going to go a step further in our laws, in our lawsuit. Uh, What we're asking the courts to look at in our lawsuit is California's uh, or the question of the Constitution. We know that the Constitution gives the authority to the legislators to establish law for processing ballots and managing elections. We do not believe that the Constitution gives legislators or school board, school boards or water boards, anybody else who makes the laws, carte blanche authority to pass laws or policies and procedures to destroy integrity in the election process, uh, which results in the ability to manipulate the outcomes. Uh, We are a republic, which means we the people get to choose those who govern. And when laws like California are passed, it actually makes it impossible for citizens to choose. Funny how that works out. Um, We are up against a hard break here, Linda. Hopefully you can stay with us for another segment. And we want to delve more into your lawsuit and what's happening with that. And a little more broadly on the issue of election integrity. Because unless elections are fair and perceived as fair, you cannot maintain a representative democracy. So stay tuned for the second half of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. 
For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we are proud to announce that we have been certified to be the number one conservative political talk show in our market, in our time slot. And we've worked very hard <laughs> to, make it to, uh, to, 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 uh, to get that title. We are pleased to have with us today uh, Linda Payne from the Election Integrity Project and my co-host this week, uh, Doug Hauser. And he's actually, we, we'll let, we let him speak just a little bit more this week than, when, than he did the last week with Pastor Arthur Pulowski, who uh, I think he had, the pastor had about uh, 85% of the speaking time and I had about the other 14% and Doug got about 1% in, in last week. Um, EIP had filed a lawsuit against the state of California and I think 13 counties seeking to, uh, to hold a number of California election laws to facilitate vote fraud and election unintegrity, if that's a word. And what's happening with that lawsuit, Linda? Okay. Um, and just to clarify, um, we are now EIPCA, the nonprofit includes CA, Election Integrity Project California. It is our nonprofit that filed the lawsuit. EIP is our for profit. Um, so EIPCA filed the lawsuit because we have been documenting and proving for 10 years that California's laws uh, make it possible to manipulate the outcome of elections. Uh, it's forward-looking, not back. We didn't sue on behalf of any of the candidates, and we didn't sue because uh, anyone lost a race. We're suing to ask the courts to look at these laws, and should they agree with us that they are unconstitutional and violate four constitutional clauses, that those laws can be uh, repealed. We're also uh, challenging policies and procedures, emergency regulations, all the pieces that go into play that have resulted in California's elections being unreliable. Um, we uh, filed um, in Jan on January 4th. We amended on March 6th to include additional uh, candidates. And because um, positions changed at the state level, the Secretary of State was replaced. Uh, Padilla went forward. Weber came on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, it's the March 6th amended complaint that is now moving through the courts. Uh, the the, the, of course, the defendants uh, always uh, file a motion to dismiss. That's just standard operating procedure, I think. Um, the judge then uh, would, would have to make a decision to dismiss our case or not to dismiss our case. And we waited several weeks for him to, uh, to rule. We knew that either way we were headed for the Ninth Circuit because regardless of how the judge ruled, uh, we knew either we would appeal to the Ninth Circuit or our the defendants would appeal to the Ninth Circuit. So the judge did come down with his ruling uh, to a motion to dismiss, but it was not on the basis of our evidence. Our evidence is 10 years deep, frankly. Um, and so so it, that part almost is insignificant as to why he ruled, because for us, it allowed us to move our piece forward in the board game, so to speak, 
of hopefully heading to the Supreme Court. Uh, we think our our case is a groundbreaking lawsuit. It's never been done before, and we think it's time for it to be done. Uh, do the legislators have the authority to do what they've done to California? What are the uh, some of the the laws and and rules and procedures that you're seeking to have held unconstitutional? Well, of the many, ballot harvesting is in fact one of them. Um, we're we're uh, looking at voting out of precinct is one. Uh, uh, we're looking at the motor voter law. We're looking at 2013 law. Uh, our legislators passed a law in 2013 to allow non-citizens to work in the polls and process our ballots in the polls. They don't have to denounce their uh, their country of origin. So elections are for citizens. Non-citizens have no part in processing our uh, any part of our election uh, process. So uh, anyway, there's there are really so many. And also, you know, the the companies who build vocal. Um, how is it we continue to have vocal uh, continue to be used in spite of the fact that the IPCA has uh, filed a lawsuit in 2017, in which it was the strongest National Voter Registration Act lawsuit in the country, based on our attorneys for Judicial Watch. Uh, to the point where their lawyers agreed to settle out of going to court because we had so much evidence about the problems of vocal. The settlement agreement, frankly, was not very strong. And so even though they complied with it, it didn't solve the problem. So we've included vocal in part of our lawsuit as uh, being unreliable for the report we just sent out as the prime example. But there's many, many more. Uh, all the way around, uh, we're looking at the machines. That's why we need the audit. We need to look at the processing of ballots. When a ballot is remade, uh, there should be a policy procedure that ensures oversight so that the person reading the voter's ballot will make sure they read it as the voter marked it and not what they think the voter should have marked it as. Or the person filling out the clean ballot should mark it as the voter marked it, not what they think. Uh, there's adjudication. We're on the machines. The worker, the people working with the, the, the uh, registrar's office, can adjudicate the, the ballot and determine what the intent of the voter is. Now, if that's not unconstitutional, nothing is. Well, that's, Crazy. A, that's going to raise an interesting question. Is whether, is there a constitutional right to honest elections? And I don't think the court's uh, ever, ever gone there. And certainly in 2020, they, they ducked. And you don't have to, you don't have to agree with this, Linda, as a, as a, on behalf of a uh, 501c3, nonpartisan organization, but the 2020 presidential election was clearly stolen, and the court ducked that and let the let the steel stand. And we'll, so we'll see, we shall see when the case ultimately gets to the Supreme Court whether they'll even review it and whether they will hold that there is a constitutional right to honest elections or is any amount of election fraud corruption permissible. Well, it's our hope they will review it because uh, the difference between our case and many of the cases that were filed right after the election is that those cases were filed um, based on the outcome of the 2020 election. As, of course, many people across the country, millions, were concerned about. Uh, the important thing in, in filing a lawsuit where we're asking the state to overturn an election um, is is um, very complex. You, you've got to have the evidence to prove that a statewide election should be overcome. And the bottom line is some of the evidence may have been good, but a lot of it came from uh, these organizations that said, if you saw something, send us an email, send us a text, give us a call. Uh, the courts don't see that as evidence. What EIPCA does is we document evidence. Our reports are turned in uh, on incident reports signed under penalty of perjury. Uh, we have 700 incident reports that we submitted with our lawsuit, and we have a lot more uh, of reports that came in. So um, uh, for us, the IPCA going forward, we're again asking a question that none of the other lawsuits asked, not one of them, asked the courts to determine, do legislators have the authority, the constitutional authority, to pass laws that destroy integrity in the process, making it possible even for foreign governments 
uh, and foreign entities to determine the outcome of elections state by state. And we think they're going to they're going to hear it because that has to be ruled upon so that every state in the country can be able to determine laws that protect integrity for their uh, for their elections uh, and not use machines that are questionable. I mean, you name it, just like this Supreme Court ruling had an incredibly good uh, impact on integrity. We think our ruling, uh, should the court agree with us, uh, that it will help every state in the union to push back on California style laws. Just as you're describing these different potentially corrupted procedures, the ballot harvesting, the motor voter registration, non-citizens working at the polls, the, the machines that we're not allowed to see the algorithms of, it's just it's one thing after another. It's like we need uh, you know a million people to all put their finger in, in the, the leak in the dike. Um, to me, ballot harvesting is so obviously a, a source of, of potential corruption. Um, it's it to it, it, uh, my analogize it to to the chain of custody of evidence in a criminal case. And we know that if they came into court and said, well, here's this evidence, we picked we picked up this fingerprint, um, and but we don't know where we got it from. We don't know who, you know, who provided it, and we don't know who's handling in the meantime. But meanwhile, this fingerprint, we it's labeled that it came off the murder weapon. That would be thrown out immediately. You need to have extremely well-documented chains of custody for evidence. And it seems like for ballots, it should be no less. This is this is vital. Um, the other question of non-citizens, that this is something I was talking with Greg earlier. Um, even I, I used to be a Democrat. And even when I was a Democrat, it always disturbed me to see foreign language signs at the polls or voter materials in foreign languages. As I understand it, to become a citizen, you have to be able to speak English, and only citizens are supposed to be able to vote. Why is there a need for foreign language materials of any kind? You know, since it should all, it seems to me it should all be in English. It would be a sort of a defense against people who we don't know who they really are or where they're from coming in and voting. Uh, just it, It's just so many potential sources of cheating it almost seems like a Herculean task. I just want to, you know, compliment you for, for dealing with so many, you know, at one time or trying to deal with so many at one time. Let's, let's hope that this comes out. Uh, well, well, you know, part of the problem stems from uh, bad federal law. So laws that were passed, you know, in the sixties and the seventies, the eighties, whatever, you know, uh, they didn't uh, account for, uh, massive numbers of people coming across the border and getting driver's licenses. So there's a lot of unintended consequence. Maybe there's some intended. Uh, but to address this, uh, the lawsuit EIPCA is filing addresses that question of legislators. And, uh, you know, that, that would include Congress. Can they pass federal law that destroys integrity in the election process? Can the school board pass laws or make policy and procedure that destroys education? You know, can the board of supervisors pass laws that destroy the communities that they're supposed to be overseeing? I mean, this is such a broad, critical lawsuit challenging authority of those who make our laws and our policies and procedures. And we believe it's going to make it to the Supreme Court because it, it, it has to. Uh, otherwise, we will lose our country should we not be able to govern as a republic, the cornerstone of a republic. We, the people, choose to represent us, hence republic. And um, the perception that the elections be fair is so important. It's so vital. It's, uh, you know, it's Caesar's wife must be absolutely above suspicion. I'm sure at the time of the American Revolution, there were probably plenty of British people who are saying, what are you talking about? You're represented. We have people speaking on your behalf. But that was not the perception of the of the colonists. They were being taxed this way and that way and their uh, liberties infringed. And they felt like they were not being represented at all. And we saw what it led to. It led to a, a good result in the end, but a lot of turmoil to get there. We are going, we're going to have to, uh, to wrap it up here. If you have any closing thoughts, Linda, and how people can connect with you and join your efforts to help as best we can promote election integrity in California. As somebody who's done it, I highly recommend all our listeners to get involved with this, with the EIP. 
Thank you. Uh, people can go to our website, eip-ca.com, and right there on our landing page, we put all of the important buttons. Sign up to receive our newsletters because there's gonna it's heating up. We're going to be putting out a lot of press releases. You want to make sure you get those to your inbox. Sign up to volunteer. We're processing as fast as we can hundreds that are now signing up to be trained in the fall to observe the process. And we do train in the laws. We're very uh, careful about what we do. We train them and uh, uh, and ex- know that they will be able to follow the laws to observe. And then, of course, to donate. Uh, to do an audit of 13 counties in California is going to be huge. We're, we, we are so grateful for every dollar that comes in, but we're also looking for businesses and mega donors. If we want to do in California what Maricopa County is doing in Arizona, we need to have some really big donors contact us and talk to us about helping to fund the lawsuit and that 13-county audit. Thank you, Linda, for being on the show and everything you're doing for the cause of preserving the republic and representative democracy. Uh, you know, in answer to Doug's question about this, uh, speaking English, well, you may have to be uh, no English to get your citizenship if you're a foreigner. You don't have to be able to read, write, or speak English to graduate from an American high school. So that maybe that's why they have it in uh, other languages. Or apparently to be president of the United States. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll, we'll return for more of United IE Radio after this word from All Star the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And joining us in our last segment is another person who exemplifies that quote from Justice Lewis Brandeis, Agnes Gibney, who has been a guest on the show. She's been a co-host on the show, and she's a cabinet member with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. And her number one issue is illegal immigration because she was brought to that involuntarily and very tragically when her son was murdered by a previously deported illegal alien and Agnes just got back from the now wide open border for a rally in Arizona. So we thought we'd bring her in back on and give us an update on what's happening at the border and the rally. Agnes. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I just uh, fair uh, put on this and the border and the Biden border crisis in Arizona uh, was quite well attended by many sheriffs. Uh, we had a little com- conference with uh, DOJ, DHS, uh, uh, Sheriff Lamb, Tom Hol- Holman, and and many others. <clears throat> the bottom line is law enforcement, uh, our national security, uh, DOJ, DHS, they're all in awe as to how lax this administration is about the uh, border crisis. They are not admitting there's a border crisis. They are not uh, acknowledging there's a border crisis. But all these uh, prominent people are getting together with other patriots who truly believe in, in securing our borders because that determines everything in this country. Many people may not think about it. They think, oh, it's a humanitarian issue. No, it's beyond that because we need to vet who comes into this country. We have immigration laws. This administration is completely ignoring those those laws. And a lot of these uh, sheriffs uh, started a program some of you may want to go on and check it out, protectamericanow.com. And this is where patriots are going to gather together to help. But uh, there are several people that have been found dead in the desert from uh, uh, dehydration. Uh, and God knows how many more dead people are out there that they haven't come across the bodies yet. And this is just going to get worse as the summer, you know, we get into summer, July, August, when, you know, when it's unbearable. I mean, even in uh, Arizona, it was 118 degrees. 
So it's a dry heat. Yeah, but dry heat. Yes, but trust me, even the dry heat will wear you out. And these people walk for miles and miles and miles. So unless you carry gallons of water with you, there is no chance that any of these people will survive. And unfortunately, some of these cartels, these uh, smugglers, the coyotes, they'll dump little children in the desert. They take them as far or they'll take them up to a point and say, you just walk a mile that way and you're going to find uh, a border patrol there. It's not a mile. It's 20, 30 miles. Nobody can sustain that. So it's very heartless, very cruel, and people, if they say it's humanitarian to allow these people in, how humanitarian is it to see these people dead in the desert? The absolute corruption and uh, I, I don't know what other word to use, but but evil of the Biden administration shows up in two two things um, that two year old just the other day, the two year old child crying. We all know that if that had been had that happened during the Trump administration, that would have been front page top of the hour news on every network for days and days showing their evil. But they all just ignore it because it's happening during the Biden administration. And the other point is Kamala Harris going to El Paso instead of to the Rio Grande Valley or any other place where the crisis is brewing. And the reason she went to El Paso, I only heard this mentioned once. I haven't heard heard it repeated often enough, is that El Paso is extremely secure because of 130 miles of Trump border wall that was built in that area. And that's why El Paso is so peaceful. And so these Democrats decried the border wall for all those years. And yet when she has to go to the border, that's where she goes. It's a place where the wall has made the border secure to make it look like everything is uh, is fine and dandy there. Just Well, let me let me tell horrible. you this, um, uh, that Kamala Harris came to Hereford, Arizona, because I brought her there myself, a cardboard cutout. They had a little paper that <laughs> says free housing, 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., that's where free housing is. Now, on, on a serious note, Camella will never go to, a, to an area that really has uh, uh, the, the, the entrance point of, uh, of illegal aliens. She will not go to where we went in April to walk between bushes, almost falling into the Rio Grande, seeing dinghies uh, deflated and toothbrushes and baby shoes, children, small children's shoes and clothing, and uh, some condoms and God knows whatever else. It was despicable, absolutely despicable. She will never go there. She is inept. She is not able to, to take on this task, and she is nothing but a disgrace as a VP for this country. And right. first of all, I, I, she ought to be removed because, as I hear, even the Biden administration is not happy with her. Well, she's hard, she's hardly an example of, of of competence or merit. We all know that uh, we all we all know how uh, Kamala got her start in politics, mm. working on Willie Brown's staff. So, yeah. <laughs> thereby thereby proving her moral qualifications yeah. to work to, uh, to to work it to work in D.C. But this is I mean it's yeah. not, this is not a question of competence. This is a question of this is deliberate policy to uh-huh. open the borders and bring in as many illegal aliens as they can in the four years that unless something miraculous happens that the Biden administration is going to be going, is going to be in office and uh-huh. they're, they're, they're actually really getting very little serious pushback from the Republicans or anyone else about what's happening. and Not on the national level. I, no, I no. gather on the state level there is some pushback. There's, there's a, maybe a little bit on... Not, on, not nearly enough. Right. So they're, they're, they're not paying any political price, effectively, no. for their open border policies. And what they're doing is the, the cartels now, they drop, they, they drop off the illegals at the border get them to the border and then border patrol at tax at our ta- at our expense of our tax dollars are paying for the rest of their tr- the transportation and they're sh- shipping them out around the country and, w- and one of the things that they do is they put them in Republican areas to tr- basically plant seeds and then, then they'll bring in their relatives and more of them and more of them and net with a deliberate intent of flipping those areas into into Democrat controlled areas. And, and you know what the biggest problem, too, Greg, is is the fact that we have been shut down for a year and a half 
with COVID. Now they're talking there's a new strain of COVID. Get vaccine, get vaccine. But these illegal aliens, none of them have been vaccinated. In, in, it's or a tested, fact. right. Yes, or tested. It's a fact that some of the dead bodies that they found this, uh, so far uh, this month, this month, like eight bodies in this one location, uh, tested positive for COVID. How many more are coming in with, uh, with COVID? Or actually and serious, or, more, or even more serious diseases. Right, who knows it, what, tuberculosis. Yes, yeah, tuberculosis and, and all kinds of, even venereal diseases that they're bringing in. And who in the right mind, I don't care what political party you belong to, this is not right in any circumstances. In any political view, any we're talking about be. Democrats. We're talking about the Democrat yes. Party and dead illegal aliens, dead Americans like your son, Americans yes. out of work, depressed wages, burden on taxpayers. Those are all small. Those are all small prices for the Democrat Party. Burdens on the schools. In, in order burdens to, on the courts. Right. In order to, on traffic. In order to advance their political interests because they are evil. And that is all the time we have this week. Thank you, Agnes, for everything you're doing on this issue and and being being, being on the show. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. Thank you. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona, NMLO license number 092639. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 092583. Equal housing opportunity. AM 590. The answer.